Are you looking for a trusted property insurance partner to help your business grow and stay resilient? FM Global uses science, data, and research to help you make informed decisions. By working together, FM Global can help you grow your company with confidence and deliver the protection and expertise you need to thrive. We're also here to help you navigate the complex world of ESG. We'll work with you to identify and mitigate risks related to natural disasters and offer solutions that contribute to a more sustainable future. Let's prepare to prosper. to Scoop Du Jour. Today, we are with Michael Deeb, a former Notre Dame linebacker, professional baseball player, all the things. And most importantly to me, not most importantly, but a cool fun fact, fellow South Floridian, that's where you're joining us from today. Welcome in. Michael, I'm so excited to have you. We have so much to chat about. Um, I have a lot to get into because professional baseball brings you to the Savannah Bananas which Mm -hmm. is what I want to talk so much about. But first, thank you for being here. And we have a lot of cool things career-wise to chat with you about. Talk to me about like when you realized you were just as athletic as you are when it came to football and baseball and all of the things. We were talking about your recruitment too before we got on the mic. Um, Take me back to like young Mike, young Michael. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me on here. Uh, Super excited about this. Uh, And uh, really it it all started kind of back uh growing up in davie florida um and uh i played pretty much everything i I remember in middle school i think i was on like five of the like six sports teams that they offered and i just when i was really young i i I grew a love for competition and i and i became super competitive and then uh sports was just an avenue for me to channel that competitiveness um you know my my sisters at young ages like my, my little sister, she knew she wanted to be a vet. Uh, my older sister really knew she wanted to be a physician's assistant. Um, and they're out, you know, achieving those dreams and those goals. But for me, it was more so of like, I love to compete. I love sports. I didn't know what sport I wanted to play long-term. I didn't know what I really wanted to do long-term, but uh, I knew that it, I was going to go hard every single time I got to the chance to be on a field or on a court. And um, for me, as I got older, uh, football and, and baseball kind of were narrowed down for that path. And uh, and uh, crazy how injuries uh, set me back in baseball, but then allowed me to come back to it ultimately uh, in professional sports. So that was, uh, I'm just super grateful for that. Should we plug first before we get into the rest of your story that we went to middle school together, Indian Ridge, yes. we have to give like a little shout yes. out. And so if you played five of the six sports, I I didn't, I wasn't athletic, you know, and I, except cheerleading, um, which I consider a sport, but we probably, I probably cheered for you while you played basketball, right? Yeah. Though you were younger. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I was, I was, that was, um, oh, Demetrius and, uh, there was a couple of the old, the the kids that when I was on uh, seventh grade on that team, but, but I was still playing when you were in eighth grade and, uh, and, and cheering for, for our Indian Ridge Jaguars. Jaguars. The name was escaping me. I was like, I know we're teal teal and black, but like the name was escaping me. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. More importantly though, um, you mentioned the injuries. And so fast forward, you're recruited by a number of schools. Um, one of which is my alma mater. We were just chatting about UNC, Mm -hmm. but you end up at Notre Dame, uh, uh, probably a lot of kids dreams growing up and you go there as a linebacker and you're, you have this injury 
and you get medically disqualified. Walk me through that situation and kind of what you go through from the mental side of all of that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, for me, it was just, uh, it had come to a point where I had nerve damage, uh, in my elbow because I had a torn, uh, ulnar collateral ligament, which was keeping me out of the game of baseball at the time because I was unable to throw, but in football, they had put a brace with a metal bar on each side to kind of like keep the, the joint stable. And I was playing through it with that. Um, and then during that time I had gotten a couple of concussions, uh, which it was a lack of when this arm would be going numb from that ulnar nerve, uh, being enlarged, like I was unable to use this hand, which I'm left-handed. So it's my dominant hand in the way that I wanted, uh, which just led to me hitting my head a lot more. And then after those couple concussions and they ultimately decided like, all right, we're going to have to do, do a surgery and fix this. Um, so that was, you know, um, it, it put me out of contact sports. And I, I asked our team doctor at the time, I was like, you know, when I heal from this, is there any opportunity that I could get back into baseball? Like, am I putting myself at risk for baseball or further damaging the nerve or anything? And he said, no, I mean, honestly, I don't think so. He, he said, you know, once we fix the ligament and relocate your ulnar nerve, you should be completely fine. You know, obviously you're going to have to go through a, a longer rehab uh, to, to get back into throwing shape for baseball and everything. But once that became an option to me, I was like, all right, how am I going to make this happen? Um, and, and that became the next goal at that point, you know, football, uh, it was tough for me to put that away, especially a lot of the hype college football um, brings and you're playing in big stadiums in front of large crowds. And there's all this hype around it, but for me, I think my love ultimately was always in baseball anyway. So it was a, really? it was a refreshing, yeah, it was a really refreshing feeling for me once I was able to go back to baseball because uh, I truly had a love for the, the game of baseball. I think football um, in a weird way, when I was younger in high school, it was a way to like have an outlet for aggression. It's the only place you can hit people and you're going to get like applauded for it. Yeah. Um, so and then once I got into college, uh, I still love like competing. I still love the game of football, but not in the same way that that baseball has had just an impact in my life and, and really been a fan of the game uh, through and through where, where football to me, I, I just saw avenues of, of people constantly, especially as linebackers, um, getting hurt, getting head injuries and ultimately um, living lower qualities of life beyond the game. Um, you know, and so it was a, a tough thing for me to face at, you know, 20 years old, but yeah. once I kind of thought these things through and was told that by a doctor that, Hey, you, you, you know, you should be fine to try to pursue this avenue of getting back into baseball. If it's something you want to do, then I was kind of rejuvenated in that. And like, okay, this is an obstacle. This is something that I'm going to have to fight through, but you know, there, there's, another side that, Hey, I have something forward to look, uh, look towards and something that I can chase after again. It was an interesting time. Um, looking back at it, there's no regrets. Uh, I think that if I would have got my elbow fixed in high school and not, um, taken the football route, I don't think there's a chance that I would have ever gone to Notre Dame, which was one of the best experiences in my life and a huge growth time for me, uh, in so many ways, uh, outside of sports. So, for me to, uh, you know, 
uh, not get the surgery at the time and, and stick on the path that I was on and, and then get that experience of football was, was super cool and something I'm super grateful for. But, um, that's kind of what, what switched paths for me is, uh, like I was a little salty in college, not being able to play baseball, uh, for the first couple of years. But then even when I graduated from Notre Dame early and I had a couple of years of eligibility left, I was still able to then go uh, get a master's at Bethune-Cookman in Daytona Beach and play baseball there. So um, it came around full circle. It worked out somehow. And uh, it, it's one of those things where um, there's so many different uh, avenues of life that you, you're going to face adversity and then you just have to keep hammering through it. Uh, and for me, that was that was my experience in, in regards to sports. Was Is that surgery Tommy John? Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Exactly. Yep. And then how did you choose Bethune-Cookman? Was that like the best place for you to be able to get playing time and kind of just be able to have a platform to play? Yeah. So when I, um, I was on pace to graduate early from Notre Dame. And so I realized that through this waiver in the NCAA that you can graduate transfer um, as long as you finish your degree and play immediately in a spring sport at a new school. Oh, nice. So with one year of eligibility, um, I was going to be able to play that spring uh, of my senior year as well as a redshirt year. The, oh. uh, the master's program was 18 months. And um, if I wanted to stay at Notre Dame to play baseball, it was going to be um, baseball's 11.7 scholarships for 35 players. Yeah. Grad, grad school at Notre Dame is 70 grand a year. So it was going to be quite an expensive um, thing, especially given football had covered everything up to that point. Uh, it just wasn't really an affordable option, as well as um, my teammate, who Tory Hunter Jr., whose father is a legend, former MLB player Tory Hunter. He actually played AAA with the coach. Uh, Jason Bell, who was a recruiting coordinator at Bethune-Cookman at the time. Oh, cool. And then I had a friend from down here named Zach Crosno, who was tapped in with Bethune-Cookman as well as Jason Bell. So they all connected. Um, Torrey Hunter was my my teammate in football at Notre Dame. So our families were close. Uh, he made a couple calls for me. And then that was going to be an opportunity where more affordable. I can now be closer to home. My sister had just had a kid and moved to Daytona beach. Um, oh. so it was like, I'm going to be near family. Um, and I'm going to get the opportunity to get a master's play baseball. I mean, it, it was, it was kind of a home run in terms of all things that I could have asked for at that time. Yeah. That's like the perfect storm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then you graduate with your master's from Bethune Cookman. And did I read that you kind of pitched a tryout on Twitter? like to, to land professionally, like how, how did that all work out? So the next steps from there was I played in a league, uh, in Puerto Rico. I had a teammate at Bethune Cookman at the time, uh, from Puerto Rico and got an opportunity to go play in a league that was half in Puerto Rico, half in the States. Um, and had some good, had some good results there, um, which earned me a, contract the following season with the White Sox. Um, and then that's when I signed with the White Sox uh, before uh, 
uh, I was with them for eight, nine, nine months, and then had to tear my shoulder, had to get surgery. They cover the surgery, but then get released and then start back to square one. Uh, And then that's where, so when I did the video for the, the, the tryout, um, for the video, that was the year that I was coming off the shoulder surgery. Um, and this team had this, like, basically, like, they were going to offer a contract to somebody who put together this video and, like, was the most, like, worthy from what they thought in this, in this video and this voting thing. Um, so I ended up being a, like, a finalist in that video, but because it had gained popularity and kind of gotten out a little bit, my name had gotten thrown around a few different teams. I go to a few different um, tryouts and then COVID happened. Uh, so a lot of minor league ball was put on hold, but there was a team, the Joliet Slammers of the Frontier League, and they were doing a four-team COVID league out of one stadium in Chicago. Uh, so then that was my next my next step there um, before – following that COVID season with them. I had a, had a good time with them. Uh, and then actually ended up playing the last two seasons in Great Falls, Montana for the Voyagers under Tommy Thompson, a former manager of mine with the White Sox. So it's kind of been full this, circle. yeah, full circle and just uh, keeping healthy relationships and connections strong and just being relentless in terms of work ethic and, really just uh, trying to get on the baseball diamond every day. Um, like I had mentioned earlier, it's it's when I'm not playing the game, I'm coaching it uh, and I'm constantly around it. So um, again, uh, the goals have always been uh, the MLB. And, and even now that is shifting with something else I'm sure we're going to be talking about, but the bananas uh, being yeah. something that that is new and different and uh just this constant evolution of like, I'm going to find my way on a baseball diamond somehow, some way. And sometimes I don't know how it's it's going to be or where it's going to be, but um, I've been super grateful for, for the entire process thus far. Well, you have like this never quit attitude. And I feel like this, especially in baseball, in every sport. But like, there's something everyone knows about baseball. Like if you want to make it in baseball, you have to face adversity with, kind of this never quit attitude, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And you've certainly done that. So now you're in this kind of cool spot. You teased it. You're on the Savannah Bananas. Mm -hmm. So uh, tell tell me everything about the Savannah Bananas. Um, I have so many questions, but give me like the elevator pitch of the Savannah Bananas. You're telling me about that team like I'm your grandma. Yeah, so it's uh, Fans First Entertainment is the, like, company name, the the motto, uh, driving theme, force, everything. Uh, they believe that fans come first, and they want to serve them with the most entertaining product every single time they get the opportunity to have them around the ballpark. So that being said, they play a game called Banana Ball, um, and this is a take from – they did have a team in the summer league, which they no longer participate within, which would be comprised of college players where they were playing nine inning baseball. They've now gone to banana ball where they 
play by slightly different rules. They um, a little bit, right? Yeah, slightly different rules. <laughs> slightly have, different. Like, yeah, a two-hour time limit and a whole lot of entertainment opportunity to be mixed in. There's a professional dancer as a first base coach. Uh, there's guys on stilts. There's players that are not pitching that inning that are running through the stands delivering roses to little girls. Uh, there's so many different um, unique experiences that are going on at the ballpark throughout the course of the, the time. And it's, uh, it's super cool for somebody who is uh, super driven on competition and been really focused on that and, and kind of fed off that for my entire life. It's given me a different perspective of the game and how ultimately sports are uh, you're, you're telling a story um, and, and the way they tell that story is in a very unique way. And, and they're using baseball and the, and the main concepts of baseball to uh, give people a new rejuvenated and electrified uh, feeling of, you know, this can be something that isn't like your grandfather's game of this like old slow pastime, but it's something that can be fast paced, engaging, entertaining, and something that can be for the entire family. Because now, you know, before dad and, and son might want to go to that baseball game, regardless, uh, you know, well, there's a flower girl. There's, I mean, there's so many different um, ways that they engage mom, engage the daughters, engage everybody who comes into the game. And uh, that's something that I think is really cool from from an entertainment value because they're they're now saying you know no longer are we going to play baseball by the old rules but we're going to take it and we're going to spin it with our rules and make sure everybody has a good time it's i mean and it's just blown up right because of that yeah. because it's just it's just quirky for for lack mm. of better terms so I mean, from what you said, like you, you had this idea of baseball being competitive and having to be done a certain way, right? Like the way we all watched it with our, our dads or our moms growing right, up right. Um, on, on the couch, right? Like I would sit with my dad and call balls and strikes with him. Um, mm -hmm. And then you go to a game and it has to be played under two hours, which is like defeating the purpose of baseball right and you have mm -hmm. like fans catching foul balls I mean walk me through some of the rules or walk me through some of the funky things like you you're you're dancing to throw off a batter I mean take me through like a, a game a day in the life so most of most of the actual in-game play is, is quite uh I'd say serious and competitive in yeah. that like baseball in itself like hitting a round ball with a round like a round bat is hard enough it's hard to kind of fabricate some of those moments um but some of that stuff will be scheduled in for example the it's uh when they do like a dancing pitch or something like that that will be choreographed into okay in the third inning second batter second pitch or something this is what we're gonna do um and that's when, you know, players will say, okay, here we go. We're doing this. And you'll see like the camera angle of the pitcher and you got the second baseman, the shortstop and the center fielder behind them all in unison um, doing this little dance on the way to delivering a pitch. Um, so there's different moments where they plug it into the game. The rest of the game is kind of, it's, it's competitive for who's going to win it. Um, and they're going to kind of let it play out how it'll play out. Um, but 
for example, if you're not a pitcher that's pitching that day, you might be in the player dance. So between one of the innings, there's going to be a player dance. So now um, players who are on that same team, which, for example, you watch the Yankees, there might be guys that know they're not getting in the game that day because they're not pitching or they're right. not scheduled to be in the lineup. But you, you like you don't see normally those guys getting engaged into the game in that way. Uh, now, well, now those guys are going to come out and do a dance uh, <laughs> between an inning. And I think that's unique. It's something that's different because, yeah. again, if, if you're into – um, choreographed, uh, dancing, you, you, you recognize how hard it is, how, um, how time consuming and, and yeah. the level of preparation that people go through to, to perform an art like that and something. And then now you can kind of have fun and half enjoy, half make fun of guys that are super athletic and talented in baseball and may actually be good at it or, or may not. I mean, it's, it's up, it's up to you to judge so, some of it. Some of the guys are definitely better than others. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm in like the effort level range. Okay. Of like I give maximum effort, but dancing abilities, very minimal. Okay. We can, I mean, it can be taught. Right. It can right. Be taught. Like I'm sure I'm going to have to, like when I get back there to Savannah, I'm sure I'm going to have to, to put in lots of hours and time, uh, practicing for sure and then like what just the cool element of all of this going viral too um i mean that's got to be pretty neat especially when you're trying to get your name out there and um you know obviously you're on a place that's like you said that's your goal right now but um when you're trying to continue to to find a place in this huge baseball world it's pretty neat mm -hmm. that this has become a thing um do you think people are just like confused by it excited by it and enjoying it like what do you think has made it um such a a cultural thing at this point i think uh one the their team of uh their, their marketing team and the media department is incredible it's yeah. it's a bunch of fresh out of college uh kids with dreams just like you and i and just like we're pursuing relentlessly and, and giving our all into it I think they've just done a really good job of allowing their creativity to, to be uh, not over controlled. Um, they have daily meetings where it's like, you have to come up with 10 new ideas, the craziest things you've ever said or the craziest thing. So there's always something that um, is gonna be new, uh, which, which keeps it engaging in that way. Um, and then the ability to do something no one's ever seen before. I feel like that is something that gets uh, lots of clicks on social media is like, you know, everybody's seen a home run or everybody's seen a player get a hit, but when his bat's on fire or if the guy is doing a trick before he catches the ball or something, it's not something that a lot of people have seen. Um, so I think in, in from an in-game, uh, how it's received, I think there is some baseball purists that may be old school and may just say like, Hey, this isn't for me, but I've never come across an experience in the, and I've played in all of the banana ball games for them. I've never come across an experience of an unhappy fan. Yeah. Uh, I, I've even had some older people come up to me after the game and say like, I came just to see what this was like. Cause I thought I was going to hate it because I like baseball the way it's been played for a hundred years and blah, blah, blah. But I never thought that, you know, you guys would be able to do this or the way you guys did this, it was, it was actually pretty cool. So um, 
I think it's it, it's just giving people a new perspective um, on the game, and it's not necessarily trying to compete in a way of like. I don't think they're saying, hey, this is how you need to play baseball in the major leagues or this is how you need to do X, Y, or Z. It's just this is how they're going to do it. Yeah, this is how we're doing it. And it's it's fun. The people who come to watch it are having fun. And uh, there's a lot of kids that go home, I think, inspired to play the game with high passion, effort, and energy. And um, that's all I ask of my players when I'm coaching the kids. And uh, I think uh, Banana Ball and the way that um, they're pushing and marketing the brand, it's creating that for a lot of uh, youth baseball players. And so I think whether you agree with it or not, I think it's something super positive for the game, because especially being a youth coach in the offseason, seeing all these kids um, have so much fun and uh, create new ideas and, and just express themselves on a ball field. Uh, in ways that in the past, I don't think were um, as promoted um, mm-hmm. because it just wasn't as popular. Well, now, uh, you know, people who used to be like, oh, you shouldn't flip your bat if you hit your home run or whatever. Well, now you're seeing the bananas do all kinds of celebrations and dances and things after uh, scoring runs and after winning ball games. Um so it's, it's, it's giving excitement and inspiration to, to younger kids. And that's really where I plug in. And I say, like, I love being a part of it because for that reason, um, whether I was going to be in the big leagues, whether I was going to be playing minor league ball in Puerto Rico or Arizona or Chicago or wherever I've been and played ball, I think my goal the whole time was that somebody gets to see me play that day and be like, wow, I want to play like that person. That person plays really hard and that person has a ton of fun. Um, like I want to be that out on the field. Uh, and so they've created an avenue that, that I get to be on the field with them and, and try to pursue that. And, uh, and they do a phenomenal job of, of getting people in the stands to, to come witness it for sure. What's the craziest or most fun thing you've done with the team so far? Like whether it was part of a game or traveling or some kind of, um, I'll probably say after, after an inning, uh, in, Daytona Beach, where we ran through like the lower bowl of the stadium and high five like the whole crowd going down here and then run back onto the stadium. Like during the game. Yes, like this is between innings. Like we like two hour clock was ticking. Yeah, like like ticking (laughs) clock, we're going through, and then you come around and then you're back on the field. Um that's just something that again, it's an intimate experience with between the players and fans that you're not gonna get in any professional sports. I mean, sometimes you might sneak, you know, in an MLB game, the players running out, you might get a quick high five if you're in the first row or whatever. But um, it's it's just, again, something that is different and something that when it was happening, it was like, whoa, this is totally different. Like I've had some different experiences and been and played sports in a lot of different places and been in a lot of different arenas or stadiums. But it was like, there was never a time that I'm like, okay, we just won an inning before we take the field. I'm about to go run through the stands, <laughs> slap fives, and then hop the fence and be right back in the, in left field playing ball. Um, so that, yeah, that was very unique and, and, and a cool experience for me. And I have to ask about, like, sometimes y'all are wearing costumes during games. Like, is that mm-hmm. is that a pretty regular part of the experience? Well, it's 
dependent on so there's some creativity that's on your own to be you know like is do you have ideas and is there something that you want to do that you want to bring to light uh in the middle of the game and like how will you do it and so that's one thing um like last year I, I kept it more fan uh player interactions in the ways that like there was times where like I'd trade kids my hat for an inning so like if there was there was youth like travel ball players like I'd be wearing some kid's hat and he'd have my in and then at the end of the inning like I run back grab my hat and give him back his or something just again an experience that that kid can remember while they're at the ballpark and and feel good about themselves uh and then there's other times where guys are like okay I'm gonna come out and pitch in uh leopard costume or whatever it may be, or, or there's even a picture that's pitched in his underwear. Um, things like that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, I, I mean, there's, you have there's a lot really of creative no, freedom. Yeah. There's no limitation. I mean, last year I, I wore my jerseys were littered with kids signatures. Cause, um, I just let kids sign my Jersey. I You're figured, a man of the you know, people. Well, I, 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 thank you, but I, I just really thought that was a unique way. Yeah. And again, like I'm, I'm competitive and I don't know exactly, you know, what kind of costume I could bring or what yeah. kind of costume I could wear that would really enhance my ability to compete or show my best self on a baseball field. But I'm thinking, okay, these kids are asking me for their autographs. Like, like, no, give me yours <laughs> and like put it on my Jersey. Cause like now that gives me something unique. It's like, okay, well, I'm wearing, you know, my Jersey with all these kids signatures on that, but that gives them again, something that they could look up to some, something that like, Hey, you're going to go see your name now out in the field. And I'm still going to play hard. I'm still going to do everything I can to be the best I can be while I'm playing on that field. But uh, it just give them something to look up to or, or, or engage them with. That's really sweet. That's a good idea for like anyone. Do you have a pregame ritual mm-hmm. you do? Uh, so not necessarily, I would say, uh, with them, it was a lot of learning because there's so much going on in terms of the preparation for the game. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, there's, it's like blending no longer. Is it just like your manager, your pitching coach and your hitting coach, and they give you a lineup and they tell you, you know, this is t- the time the anthem is going to be and like be ready to play ball. Right. It's more so like, well, yes, but how are, for the third inning, how are we going to get these props through the tunnel into the dugout onto the players to then go out and make everything continue with the pace of play and the game flow. Um, so being that that's all going on, it gives it kind of a unique experience uh, to pregame. And, um, there was a lot of pregames last season where I honestly found myself in the stands a lot with fans, like pretty close to game time, which is something that for me, I think was enjoyable and fun because there was not a single time I felt tension or pressure or anxiety leading into a game because I legitimately would be hanging with some random kids and families that, you know, I, I had just met and we're talking the game of baseball and cool. And then it's like, 
all right, well, it's about that time. Like, high five. See you later. I'm going to go play. Jump over. Hop up the fence and go. Yeah. So that's awesome. So that was really cool and, and, and unique for sure. What's the coolest place you've ever played now that you've been so many places? Do you, do you have a place that sticks out? I think Ogden, Ogden, Utah was, was a very special park that I played in, in, in great, when I was playing for the Voyagers in Great Falls, because I had never played in a stadium with like the most gorgeous mountain backdrop and landscape behind the fence. Like it literally looks like, like if you hit a home run, you're hitting, like, it just looks like you're hitting a ball into the mountains. It's the coolest from a visual just wow i'm like playing baseball in this environment for a kid from florida uh that was super cool and different and then playing at the birmingham uh baron stadium last year with the bananas that was a cool experience being the oldest ballpark uh there's just so much history there um and that was just it was super cool to see um you know, all, all the history and how far uh, the, the game of baseball has come and changed and and just to to be able to play a game uh, in such a historic place with something that's so new. That was very cool for me um, yeah. because it's almost like you're like, am I being like disrespectful right now? And it's like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm pouring my all into something and I'm and I'm doing it with new age style and, and flavor. And like these people that are 10,000 strong in this stadium are, are loving what they see. So uh, that was something that was, that was really cool. We've talked so much sports and I know that's like, so such a big part of your life and you are always involved in sports when it's an off day or, or not, but when it, when you do have downtime, what are you doing? How do you relax? Um, honestly, I mean, we've, we've got the beach here in South Florida. I love the beach. Uh, I like going fishing. So especially in season, I I mean, I think I have like a mini little Walmart rod that I keep on me at at most times. That's just, uh, do some fishing. Um, yeah, I I mean, really that for me, I think staying busier with whether it's coaching or, um, training in some sort of fashion or watching the game uh it just keeps me growing and and kind of enjoying my time i like i honestly it, it's hard for me to like sit still and watch a movie or watch netflix series um so uh, so no binge great. watching no, like you'll watch, I, you'll watch baseball yeah, yeah. so because we'll, a lot of like ba- I always would talk to like baseball players and they're like I don't like watching baseball but you like so you watch baseball and then do you, can we always catch you like obviously watching Notre Dame what, yeah I watch Notre Dame I, I watch anything Notre Dame I, lo- I love my alma mater so I'll watch them and same with Bethune Cookman anytime they're on anything I'll watch um and and really just the cool thing I think is from the NFL perspective and even like MLB, like I've, I grew up in South Florida, we grew up in South Florida. So we, we got to be around so many talented individuals that like, they're in it. They're playing, uh, I, yeah. yeah. Now I wouldn't say I'm a fan of teams as much as like anytime one of the kids I played with or against is on, like, I, w- I want to watch them. I want to support them and kind of see, cause it's like, Hey, you know, I like, I spent hours and hours and hours a, a day, at, uh, or a week at, at practices with that, that guy and, and that guy's doing it at the highest level. Like that's, that's really cool. And I want to see that person do well. 
Yeah. Well, for those who don't know, like you're, we went to not like rival high schools, but like two really good high schools in South Florida yeah. that like just produce athletes. So yours was American mm-hmm. Heritage. Um, mm-hmm. Like who's who's playing now or like starring that that people might know? Uh, so Sony Michelle, um, oh, yeah. he was with the Dolphins, but now he's uh, still playing with the Chargers. And, and didn't he play got- baseball too? He played a little bit of baseball. A little he bit. Ran, yeah, as a, as senior in in high school, we uh, so him and Isaiah McKenzie, they didn't have any baseball prior experience, but our coach wanted them out there because I mean they they could fly around the bases. So we uh, we we use their talent in in it's ways amazing. that we can plug them into the to the baseball game. And yeah, um, Isaiah McKenzie uh, playing for the Buffalo Bills. Um, shoot, Pat Sertan uh, Jr. with the the Broncos. Uh, there's I think there's nine kids from American heritage right now playing in the NFL. Um, Crazy. And, and baseball players, David Villar, one of my high school teammates, he made his debut this year um, yeah. with the giants. Uh, if you got Zach Collins, Sean Anderson, some other guys that have big league experience uh, from the team that I played on in high school. Um, some really talented individuals, like you said, I mean, we went to phenomenal schools that were, uh, I think the standards and expectations were set so high and, from an athletic standpoint, the talent pool is so, so big down here that, that it was cool to see, uh, you know, you, you constantly see more and more kids making it to that top level. It's pretty sweet. When you're not in South Florida, do you miss it? Is that like um, where you want to end up living? I Potentially, potentially. I think I would Wherever be the game takes you. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I really enjoy um, seeing different cities, seeing new places. Uh, through sports and that's been something that is uh, keeps me curious and always like I mean going to places I've never been it's something that's uh, exciting for me but ultimately um, you know I I I, yeah I I don't know I I love I do love South Florida there's something of that that home feeling to it Um, but but again, there's just, there's not been that big life change or chapter change that says like, all right, I'm going to buy my house here, build my family here and plant it in this spot. Um, but so far, I mean, South Florida definitely leading in terms of uh, favorite. How did you deal with the cold in Notre Dame? I'm asking um, personally, because now that I live in Chicago, coming from South, I mean, I didn't move right mm-hmm. here from South Florida, but like, I am nervous for a Midwest winter. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's yeah. tough. I, well, I would just say it just becomes preparation. Like your morning routines are now going to be lengthened for for being like, like a low maintenance. Ready. Yeah, like getting ready in the morning. Uh, like for a low maintenance dude, it's like you know down here, it's like you put on a shirt, you put on shorts, you put on flip flops, and you're good to go. Like at Notre Dame, five a.m. You're walking to the facility. It's negative five degrees. It's like all right. I got three shirts, yeah. sweatshirt, my jacket, three Thank pairs goodness of pants, for gear. Boots. Yeah. Like I as long as you as long as you gear up. Um, but then for somebody who likes being out in the sun so much, I'll say that I did uh when I went to Notre Dame, they actually they would do blood work um on us each semester. And the Florida, Texas, California kids, they would supplement vitamin D for us at a higher rate than so mm-hmm. many of the kids that grew up in climates where vitamin D being, a, yeah, w- 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 if you're always, uh, 
in sunny places, then then your then your body's used yeah. to getting a, a larger amount, I guess, of vitamin D. And without that, um, that was something that definitely took a toll on me a little bit my freshman year of Notre Dame. Is I was like, you know, where's the sun? Where's the sun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's like it's getting dark at f- like four forty five, four thirty. <laughs> like, what? Like, what are we doing? But um, I'm not but, feeling good about this. Okay, but um, actually, it's funny you mentioned vitamin D because I read that your nickname's Vitamin Deeb. Did that come yes. from that? What does that Pretty nickname much, come yeah. from? Uh, so uh, that was kind of like we, every like they've got everybody's got nicknames with the bananas and stuff, and I, I really didn't really know, but uh, it's it's the sun. Yeah, yellow bananas, and I love the sun. I'm always out in the sun when if I can be outside coaching or outside training, or even if I'm in an indoor facility, I would hope that they had a roof that like could be retracted. So you'd let the sun in. Um, I'm definitely not somebody that is like looking for ways to avoid going out in the sunlight. I, I love the sun. And I think that uh, it's, it's just kind of goes on that theme of like being the light, being vibrant, um, being energetic, being in full of enthusiasm for for whatever you're doing uh and that's kind of how that whole vitamin d yeah that's a good one created. so the tan is natural you're like a dermatologist worst nightmare but you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah no like they, they, they're like do you wear sunscreen well so yeah i'm not do you doing, i'm no i no. Oh no, we're not going to tell any Every, of the doctors. Occasional, occasional zinc. Yeah, occasional, occasional like, zinc. zinc. Well, so the zinc cream, because so I'm under the, and I don't have research. So like, do not take this as medical advice or whatever. But I'm under the impression that like the chemicals in sunscreen are actually worse for you and cause more oh, no. issues than actually they prevent you from. So that being said, if I have face feel, sunscreen, just, just on your face. Or a hat, you wear hats, you wear hats when you're using. Oh, I've got a drape hat, like when I coach and I've got like, yeah, if there's a point where I'm going to get like too much sun exposure, I'll cover up with like, it could be 90 something degrees and I'll be in a long sleeve, but like, you're not going to see me lathering up. No, no no way. It's like, that's my teammates in the past and everybody, like they make fun of me for it. It's just, they're, they're like, what, what do you mean? You, you don't wear sunscreen. Like, what do you, I'm like, it's poison. As you soon can't. as my brother hears this, um, he's going to be very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not a dermatologist, but he uh, um, is our, our future plastic surgeon. And he's, he's always on us for sunscreen. So mm-hmm. um, Grant, we're sorry. Grant, you, you I'm sorry. Bring Forgive it up with me. Michael separately. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But hey, that's like a good nickname. I, you know what you brought, you brought it back. You know, I feel like we, aside from the no sunscreen, you said it was because of your personality, you're vibrant. We love to hear that. Um, this has been so much fun. I feel like we could talk forever, but you know, sometimes people have to listen to their podcasts on their commute to work and, um, we're like almost at 50 minutes. What, um, so you told us what you do for, for fun. Um, you're hoping to get back to the bananas you're in South Florida now. You're coaching. Um, what did we not hit on? You have you're in Uncle. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of fun. So you have an older sister and a younger man. sister. Yes, my older sister. She's a physician's assistant in Daytona Beach, Florida. She's not telling and you to wear she, sunscreen. Oh, she she does. <laughs> she, she she does. But like, she also gets. She's like, all right, as long as you're covered up. Okay. 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 But like okay. she'll be like, we'll all stop right, bringing fine, it up. We'll stop bringing yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, but, so she's um, in Daytona. She has a baby. Yeah, she's got a beautiful daughter and a beautiful son. And uh, Carolyn, my my younger sister, is uh, in Minnesota right now, finishing up her last semester of uh, veterinarian school. So then that's a big deal. Yeah. So you know, so smart if you family. ever come back down to South Florida and, and got some animals around or anything, or if I ever get a dog or anything, we we, we got a vet in the fam. So yeah. Yeah, th this is a, a very smart family of yours. I'm sure your parents are really proud. Do your parents get to come see you? Like, do they come to Savannah? So, yeah, they, they came to uh, a couple of the games. We actually played in West Palm Beach with the Bananas. So they came oh, last fun. year. That was that was pretty cool. And then uh, they actually came this season when I was out in Great Falls, Montana as well. So, um, yeah, super cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm super grateful that they've been uh, – the biggest support system and, and, and love in my life. So uh, they're really, uh, they've had my back through everything. So I'm, I'm super grateful. And uh, I know that, you know, they're, they're always, uh, if I'm competing somewhere and, and they're able to, to come out and watch or stream it, that they're going to be there supporting. Yeah. It's really cool now that like this, this team is streamed and like everything is streamed now, which is really nice. Um, which is a good plug into hopefully anyone watching this will continue to stream along with Scoop Du Jour and like and follow and subscribe. And Michael, where can everyone find you um, if they want to keep up with you? Yes, it is at my first and last name, Michael Deeb42 on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and I haven't spent a lot of time on those platforms lately, but coming up in January with some new things working in the, in the mix with the bananas and stuff, I think, uh, 2023 is going to be a big year and uh, I'll definitely get more active on those platforms. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's where I can be found. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. This has been so much fun, Michael. Thank you so much for your time. And, um, we'll be looking forward to another fun, successful year for you. Of course. Thanks so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it.